welcome to season two of the Let's Talk Wrestling podcast. As always, I'm your host, Kelby Bachman, and welcome to Assistant Coaches Week. Today marks the first day of Assistant Coaches Week presented by the Let's Talk Wrestling podcast. I'll be releasing an episode every day this week introducing an assistant coach and associate head coach, so let's get to it. The song you just heard is Hell's Bells by ACDC and is also the walkout song for the next guest on the show. Derek St. John. Derek was a key part of the Iowa City West success in the mid-2000s. He won two state titles along with a Fargo national title. Derek went on to become the 18th four-time All-American in Hawkeye history, highlighted by his national title as a junior. Derek started his coaching career with stints at North Dakota State and Virginia Tech before landing at Iowa State. Derek will be entering his seventh season with the Cyclones, and they'll be locked and loaded for a top 10 run at the 2024 NCAAs. So please sit back, relax, and enjoy Derek St. John. Did you guys just love the sport and like you and, you know, you had Nick Moore and uh, Nate Moore, all those guys. Was it just like just fun? Well, we had a blast. We were all, uh, you know, we've all been super close since we were pretty young. I mean, I would have met that group of guys when I was like third, fourth grade. You know, so I was probably what, 10, 11 years old. And, yeah. you know, since we started out, I don't know. We wrestled a couple dual things together. And then ever since then, it was like, we were all inseparable. We were, we were all super, super tight all the way through and still are to this day. So. Yeah. How'd you meet him? Uh, like I said, just through some random like dual youth dual things. Uh, we used to do uh, the Iowa Minnesota all-star thing. Yeah. Yeah. I can't exactly it was called but there's like sections of minnesota had team dual teams sections of iowa had dual teams mm-hmm. that was like my first uh what would you call it my first like dual you know national level dual team yeah. thing, and that's when we met all well i met all those guys so yeah yeah so you were the bad at bell plane at that time yes i was still living in bell plane that time yep. nice Bell Plain. Um, when did you finally move to Iowa City West? Well, and I moved, I would have been what? I would have been beginning the middle of my eighth grade year. Yeah. My parents separated and then my mom moved to Iowa City, in which that's where all those guys were living at the time anyway. So kind of worked out well. And, you know, I started uh, going to junior high over there in my middle, late half of uh, eighth grade. And then obviously kind of got grandfathered in there and then hmm. there's high school at West Hampson. Huh. So your eighth grade year, was that a tough transition? You know, was that just all uh, that going on moving and your parents separating? Was that? Yeah, that was uh it was pretty interesting time in, in my life for sure. But uh, you know, I went from a, Shoot, I went from a class of like 40 kids to the class of 350. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> it was a big uh, culture shock, you know, for a small town kid. And then, uh, but luckily, you know, I had some close friends there. So it wasn't completely painful, but it was just, yeah, you had to get acclimated to, to the big surroundings for sure. But you know, yeah. I was there. Uh, Nate Moore would have been in high school at the time. Ty Crew was in high school, but Dylan Crew, we were in the same grade, so we were oh, right, right. We were super tight. So, 
Yeah, and um, Bell playing that wrestling team was good too while you were there. You know. Yeah. So you know, customers. Yeah, the, I mean, when I was growing up, shoot, they were you know competing for state title, dual titles, and tournament titles pretty much every year. Um, you know, a lot of my close friends, you know, their older brothers were you know competing for state championships and winning state titles. You know, Dustin Hinchburgers of the world and the Dre Hosses and the Fear Box and all those guys. That was the that was the era that I grew up watching. So, you know, that, and we had a great, uh, gold medal wrestling coach, you know, a great youth feeder program. And you know, I wouldn't call it a feeder program. That's what you call it now. But, um, back then that was, your, you know, your only option to join the, the youth club at the high school. So, mm-hmm. so much. Yeah. yeah. What, when did you start wrestling? You know, it sounds like pretty early, but. I think I started, from what I remember, I started like in the first grade, is what I remember. And then really kind of started wrestling every weekend when I got into like third, fourth grade, started competing a lot and uh, doing a lot of the weekend, weekend local tournaments. And then I just got to like four, end of my fourth grade, fifth grade, sixth grade year, I started doing a lot more of those dual teams. And I just travel around doing some more national level competition stuff. Pulses <laughs> of the world and all that stuff, you know. Yeah, yeah. Why? Why what gravitated you towards wrestling? Like did you try other sports too and just I played, yeah, I pretty much played everything I was offered, you know, in, in our smaller town, you know. And uh I played baseball, I played football. I tried basketball. That didn't last very long. It lasted a year. Um, tried a little bit of soccer. That didn't really work out well either. But really loved football, baseball, and then obviously wrestling. And wrestling was probably, I don't know, was, I wouldn't say the easiest for me, but I had the most success in for sure. Really? At a young age, were you just did you just take quickly to it? Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't say that I struggled probably my first, you know, two, three years that I got into it. But, uh, you know, I was probably a little bit bigger than most, uh, most kids that were my age too. So I got thrown into the wolves a little bit when I was (laughs) in the youth club. And then, uh, so I was wrestling. I've always been wrestling older guys. It seems like, Mm-hmm. up stuff I was always and then when I was having pretty good success my dad would throw me up in the uh the age group uh above so mm-hmm. it's always just kind of sink or swim I guess a little bit <laughs> yeah um were you just taller is that what it was yeah I was I was pretty tall for my age I feel like especially at that time now I've kind of leveled out but yeah no yeah, nah. Just I don't know for whatever reason when I was growing up it seemed like a lot fit in pretty well with the, the older guys and uh, about the same size and a lot of the kids that were my age are just quite a bit smaller I don't know if it was just a sport thing or whatever. Yeah, when I think about Nick and Nate Moore, man, they were uh, they were pretty short. Yeah, those especially <laughs> Nate, he's a pretty short guy, but Nick, Nick, he uh, he. Ex- 
exceeded all expectations for that family. He's a yeah. head taller than everybody else. So, <laughs> no, no kidding. <laughs> Um, what about your family wrestling background? You know, was there pretty heavy wrestling background in your entire family or? Um, my dad wrestled in high school. Uh, a lot of my uncles did on, on the St. John side, um, on my mom's side, nobody, nobody really wrestled. So my, my dad was the one that kind of got me into it. And, um, my uncles were always like the biggest the biggest fans and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So it would come to weekend tournaments a lot of times and just hang out and watch or whatever. So I uh, had a lot of, a lot of support, a lot of, a lot of fans my whole life throughout it. So. Yeah. Um, so when did you start not only taking it seriously? Yeah. First, when did you start taking it seriously? Let's start there. I would say when I got like really serious about wrestling was my like, I would say sixth grade, seventh grade year. Um, like I just knew that's what I, I wanted to do and I wanted to be really good. And I knew that, um, especially walking into my, like my junior high years, um, you know, I would, I didn't have to, but I would go to football practice and then I would jump in the car. My dad would pick me up and I would, he would take me down to Iowa city to, Pablo Vassal's club at that time. So I would go from one thing to the next, or if I got out of junior high wrestling and I was still at Bell Plain, he'd pick me up and we'd go down to Vassa afterwards. So, you know, I was doubling up and mm-hmm. I was motivated and hungry for it. So it didn't, it didn't really weigh on me or bother me. And, you know, when you're a young kid, it mm-hmm. really phase you as much either. You get tired, but you know, you sleep on the way there, you sleep on the way home get up and do it all over again. Got a lot more energy back then, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, how far of a drive was it from Bell Plain to Iowa city? You know, it's only about 45, 50 minutes. Still that, you know, it's two Not hours. Terribly okay. far. Hmm. But adds up when you go there two, three, you know, times a week for sure. But yeah. Yeah. Okay. 45 minutes. Okay. Um, and then when did you start, have finding some pretty good success and feel like you may have turned the corner. Like, Hey, I'm pretty, pretty freaking good at this sport. Yeah. I feel like, um, I definitely made the biggest jumps in, uh, that seventh, eighth grade year, um, had some, some hiccups of course, but I feel like I was growing so much too, that it was hard to keep up with my body a little bit, but, uh, no, I just in terms of like mental growth and knowing that I could compete with some of the, the better guys at that time, you know, when you're in the youth stuff, but um, really, really realized that I could compete. And like I said, I was super motivated to be great, and was super hungry for it. So, you know, I think the combination of those things. Yeah. Why were you, what, what made you super hungry or super motivated? I don't no, it just was in me. And, you know, as I had a lot of friends that were, you know, growing up and the whole way through the sport that were around me that were super motivated by it too. So I think that helped, you know, and your, your closest buddies are always wrestling every weekend and want, you know, trying to be national champs, not just state champs, even from a young age, it, it you know, kind of rubs off on you a little bit. So, you know, and then that, you know, just the, you know, and I was still living at Belle Plaine at that time. I had 
several guys around me that were super into wrestling the Hinchburgers and Shane Reek and the Jacoby boys and all those guys a little bit older, but like those are some of the, you know, those local names. And then I had the club kids that I wrestled with too, that they went to everything under the sun, you know, the Moors, the crews, the gambrels at that time, you know, we, we pretty much went to everything together and you know, those guys had, a, they had a, a lot more success than I did at that age, but um, that kind of probably rubbed off on me a little bit too. Really? When did you start having the success you feel on the same level that they did? Not until later in my high school career. Really? Yeah. You know, they were winning, shoot, they were winning the Tulsa's, they were winning the, the Fargo's, they were winning the USA National Tournament, shoot. I don't, I might have picked one off here and there, but those guys were pretty much winning everything, you know, especially mm-hmm. when we got to high school. Those guys were in the finals of Greco, they were in the finals of Freestyle Fargo. And I don't, I didn't win one until I was a, a senior, so. Those guys were all what, multiple time state champs. Shoot, yeah, the, that sort of feeds some motivation too. That your your teammates were wrestling in the finals, and and you're sitting here, maybe not quite there yet. Did that sort of light the fire a little bit too? Sure, you know you you want to be successful, but you know mm-hmm. I think the thing that probably helps you the most is just having that training environment too. Yeah we weren't all, we were all fairly close enough in size where we could all, you know, wrestle with each other and practice with each other. So I think that helped a ton too. And then obviously going to all those tournaments, you know, you know, you eventually either figure it out or probably just quit. (laughs) So (laughs) that wasn't an option. So, you know, just, I was going to do whatever it took to try to figure it out. Mm-hmm. What did you guys do to pass the time when you were going to tournaments? Because like you said, you sort of went all over the place. Like, I can't imagine being in a van with you. with you uh, guys. Man, we, I don't know. I could go story after story, but I'm, we went to, we've been shoot all over the country, but, you know, especially going down to those Tulsa tournaments, we packed, you know, 12, 13 kids in a excursion <laughs> van, take all the seats down and, take one of those box TVs and sandwich it in front of the, the driver's seat and the passenger seat up front with the old school VHS player connected to it. or <laughs> And we just make our own little makeshift beds on the way there, you know, it's always kind of quiet just because everybody's probably holding their weight down or doing whatever yeah. rides home. We're just absolutely brutal people picking on each other fights <laughs> nasty food like it's unreal unreal uh, speaking of cutting weight a little bit did, did was that something you you did a lot or did you cut a lot of weight i would first part of my high school years uh, my freshman sophomore year i would say i cut probably a fair amount um and then after that, my junior, senior year, I was over that. I was, I just went up and I just wrestled cut pretty much what I weighed. Mm-hmm. Maybe cut like five, six, seven pounds my junior year. And then my senior year, I didn't, I didn't cut anything. I just stepped on the scale and I wrestled. I only weighed 160 pounds soaking wet at that time. So, um, but yeah, those first, especially in high school, those first two years were a little, a little brutal, but yeah. 
So how did you transition then from wrestling 116 high school soaking wet to 157 in college where that might not get the job done? You know, I, I feel like I kind of leveled out growing wise, like height and whatnot. So, you know, I started actually lifting weights once I got to college. So that helped a little bit. You know, you know, I probably put on, I grew probably what five pounds by the time I got there and then probably put another five or 10 on, you know, lifting. So, you know, when you weigh 170 pounds, you know, you're about a perfect 157, 157 pounder. So, you know, I never got super big. I was always pretty lean and uh, it just, I don't, didn't ever really feel like I was big enough to be a 65 pounder. Mm-hmm. So I never got really any bigger after my first year. So I just kind of consistently stayed down there and lived at about 170, 172 and, you know, 10, 15 pounds when you're, get when you get a little bit older is not not too bad that still seems like quite a bit for the considering how lean you were and are still to this day you know 15 pounds can still be quite yeah, a bit. I mean, don't get me wrong i still had to work at it but once i you know i got it down and i leveled out it seemed like my body adjusted pretty fast and it was it was pretty easy really considered some of the some of the guys i was around in that era the <laughs> seeing some of the cuts that they had and I, I thought I had it pretty good. So <laughs> um, now going backwards a little bit to your high school career, um, was your goal to be a four-time state champ? Yeah. I mean, it was, but I didn't probably know how realistic it was at that time. Really? Um, you know, I, every kid says they want to be a four-time state champ. It's yeah. another thing to do it, obviously, but um I knew I could compete, but I didn't know if I, looking back on it, I don't know if I truly believed I could be a four-time state champion. I mean, I had guys like Montel Marion and I had, uh, no, shoot, was Derek Moyer and those guys around my weight class that yeah. all sucked. You know, those guys were all competing for their third, you know, second, yeah. third. And uh, so, you know, when you're a freshman and you're, especially when you're in those middle weight classes, it's a little different, but you know, I, I competed hard and I, you know, I ended up losing, I think to Montel Marion, um, in like a nine, five match, nine, four match mm-hmm. in that first, uh, first year, my freshman year. So, um, but then after that kind of took off, so yeah, is that just did you just gain some confidence, you know, after that freshman year? I mean, winning a state title the following year. Yeah, you know, I was rolling off of uh, my eighth grade year. I, you know, I went to Fargo as an eighth grader, and I wrestled like eight or nine matches, and I didn't even <laughs> place up there. And I was, I was like, it super bumped me out big time. But, mm-hmm. you know, it motivated me, and I was pretty – I don't know. I was trying to maybe change some things, you know, going into my high school years because it maybe scares you a little bit. So I was getting a little, some mods and ends practices here and there with different guys, but um, took off. Sorry. What were we talking about? (laughs) 
I just asked you, you know, yeah, I'm, my phone's going off and I'm, <laughs> you're good. Uh, you know, your, your sophomore year is when you won your first state title. And so just, um, you said, you know, you didn't quite, everyone says they're a four time state champ or they want to be, but, uh, you didn't realize how much of a reality it was. Yeah. So, you know, knowing that Montel is a, you know, top level guys, you know, that, that kind of is another maybe moment where, you know, you realize that you can compete and you, you know, there is another level to this. So you, you gear up and you put your, you know, your work boots back on, you go to work. So, you know, obviously I had a pretty good Fargo that next, that next summer, I think I got third and freestyle maybe. Mm, yeah. um, so, you know, just continue to, to step up the ladder my throughout my whole high school career, I feel like just a little bit of piece here, a piece here, just small steps. And, you know, eventually got better and better and better. Obviously there was hiccups in there, but. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You won two state titles. Was it just pretty exhilarating to win that first one and get that out of the way? Did, is that when you finally started to also feel like, Hey, I'm, I'm the first I'm one was probably the best feeling one for sure. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like a, a weight off your shoulders a little bit. Mm -hmm. So then you're like, shoot, I'm a, it's about time, you know, you get a little taste of the cake a little bit. So, um, but yeah, you know, so you, I don't know. I just think it's just part of being a, a, a good competitor too, is you, you enjoy it for a little bit and then you're like, okay, well, what's next? Um, so, you know, and the end goal is, I don't know, like at that time, you know, Fargo is the pinnacle. So everybody wanted to win Fargo, right? especially in our group, like is, mm -hmm. you know, is chasing stop signs and, Oh, how many do you got? How many coasters do you got? <laughs> that kind of thing. So fun games like that, you know, evolve out of that stuff too. So. Yeah. Is that what they call the little plaques when you're all American, they call those coasters. Yeah. That's what they, we always called them back then as coasters. I got a lot of coasters. Yeah. <laughs> um, another nickname. I, I remember, um, my dad telling a story he ran into ran into you guys um and your little brothers and uh asked about where i think you were missing one one of your brothers and i think it was hunter who stepped up and was like yeah he's a pumpkin pusher <laughs> so like that was the first time you're, what the heck does that mean you know and that means you were playing basketball you know but <laughs> i tried it it didn't last very long but i gave it a whirl i think it was like my third or fourth grade year uh, yeah gave it a whirl. I tried it out for one season. And then I just remember I was, I was in one of the games and all, some of my closer buddies always played. So they always tried to get me to come out. Yeah. So I was like, screw it. I'll try it. You know? And we're in the middle of a game and I don't know, can't remember exactly how it happened, but you know, it's kind of like going up for the ball to swat it out of the kid's hand. And as yeah. I was doing that, I was, it just kind of naturally happened. I started like falling and I started grabbing the kids' legs and I tacked like not hard by any means, but I kind of just pulled them down to the ground. <laughs> oh crap. <laughs> and I think that was a, a moment where I realized, you know, it's it's probably for me. And I think wrestling is probably the option. So yeah. Um, you know, one thing you said was there were some hiccups, you know, along the way throughout your career. Um, one of those came your senior year. You know, you were already a two-time state champ, and then you run into, um, I believe it was Nicholson um, from, was he from Lewis Central? Um, he was from, what is he, Des Moines Roosevelt. Des Moines Roosevelt, yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, how'd you kind of handle that? 
Oh, well, it pissed me off for a while. Yeah. I was, I think I was ranked, uh, like number one in the whole country all year long. Cause you know, I was first on the list to go do the dapper Dan's and, the uh, what's the other one? The USA team versus, uh, you know, the Pennsylvania. Is that what that is? Well, the Dapper Dan, it was called the Dapper Dan back then. I'm not okay. sure. So that was USA versus PA. And then there was okay. another one where they put a, like an all-star team together for the whole country. Mm-hmm. They called it. But I was on the first on the list to do that. And then once I got beat at state tournament, you know, it kind of axed me from all those things. So, you know, it was one of my goals. That's one of the things I wanted to do was mm-hmm. wrestle all those teams before going to, going to college. So with winning a, Fargo title. So mm-hmm. I think people forget also that Nicholson was one tough customer too. It's not like, you know, he wrestled at old dominion. I mean, he, yeah, went, he, was. he was tough. So like, yeah. well, shoot, he, he wrestled there for uh, I mean, most of his career. And then he, I think he came back to Iowa state actually for his last two. Um, and then we wrestled in the duel that year. But, um, but yeah, I mean, shoot, my our state bracket thinking on it my senior year it was me him and michael marino and i think we we're all you know i think we we're all top like maybe 15 12 in the in the country at that time and that was our our state bracket you know so yeah. we all wrestled i think at the urbandale tournament that year too so hey oh so you had wrestled them before yeah, well, I didn't wrestle Nicholson. I wrestled oh, okay. Marino at the the Urbandale tournament. I think um, Marino beat him in a close match, and then we wrestled. I wrestled Marino in the finals. But <clears throat> yeah, hey. Um, so <clears throat> did that kind of re you know if you needed a, a relight of the fire, did that sort of give it to you that yeah. I still need to keep getting better. Yeah, I I would say after that point, you know, like maybe I probably let my guard down a little bit too much because I was, you know, I wasn't really getting, um, you know, not threatened, but I wasn't right. really hard matches at that time. So maybe let my guard down a little bit. And, you know, he was, he was obviously, he had one goal in mind that was to take me out. Mm-hmm. And you know, he did, but um, yeah. I mean, maybe let my guard down a little too much. And, you know, I'd say after that, you know, I kind of went on a little bit of a tear. I think I went to Vegas and I won the Fila Juniors. And then I ended up going undefeated at duels and having pretty much all uh, bonus points and then went to Fargo and ended up winning it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm, I'm sure that <clears throat> probably happens quite a bit. Uh, uh, a wrestler of your caliber, you know, I'm just thinking back to like Ben Keeter, you know, the first one that comes to mind because he's recently done it, you know, who doesn't get probably pushed a little bit as much because they're separated from the competition so much um, that maybe when somebody starts to threaten you just even a little bit, it might throw you for a loop, you know, like, hey, I, I, sh- I should dominate everybody. And now I'm not dominating this kid now. Well, what the heck? Yeah, no, I think that's that's a huge thing. You got to find ways, not only yourself, but um, but maybe you know coaches out there too. Is you know even the highest level guy. He you know like you said, he's probably one of the highest examples right now. And I think it's great for a guy like that to go compete in the U.S. Open in the seniors division, even though he might have got his ass kicked. 
but oh, this is like a slap upside the head. Well, maybe I'm not where I need to be. You know? Right. Well, what's the next thing and what's the end goal? Maybe a little bit. So uh, I think it's great to always, you know, maybe throw yourself in the fire a little bit or keep yourself in the fire per se. Yeah. Um, so then did you always know you were going to go to Iowa or were there other people trying to obviously probably pull you and go elsewhere? You know, uh, no, I wouldn't say so. I, I grew up, uh, I would say uh, Iowa wrestling fan. And then, um, my high school coach, Ryland, a national champ at Iowa shoot. I think all my high school team, all my high school teammates were, we, we went to Iowa, but you know, like Nate and Grant and, uh, Dylan, those guys were all already committed to go to Iowa. So like all my close friend group was already there, you know, headed there. So I think that maybe had a lot of influence. Um, the only other school that I really gave any thought to was Iowa state. Um, and that was when Kale was still here. And, you know, I, I didn't really maybe give them the time of day that I probably, probably should have. Um, my dad did. My dad was like, my dad was actually the one that like, I wouldn't say begged me, but he really wanted me to go to Iowa state and I kind of went against the grain and ended up going to Iowa, ended up working out, but who knows where you would have ended up, even if you did come here anyway, but Mm -hmm. it's just kind of funny. Why did he want you to go to Iowa state? What was the, what was the push there? I think he, like the way he thought just the, uh, body type and style, I think he thought would probably fit me better um, at that time. So, which probably couldn't argue with them at that, at that point in time. But uh, I think that was probably one of the, the bigger things that pl- played into it. That's a good point though. Um, you know, when you think of Iowa wrestling, the Iowa style, um, was that really, was that really your style of wrestling? Um, I mean, I don't know. I like to think I could, I'm pretty versatile. I mm-hmm. do just about any of that stuff, but, um, you know, was, that was the stuff that was preached to me my whole life. So, you yeah. know, I don't know if that was really my style, but maybe I thought it was. So <laughs> you know, a lot of it, if you think it is, it is right. So, um, you know, going to, Pablo Massa's club. It was run out of Carver. So, you know, I was around all that stuff and there's a lot of the stuff that he taught was based around that. So, you know, then went to high school or Island, you know, all that stuff is kind of intertwined. So. Yeah. Um, when you went there, did you, did you anticipate red shirting your freshman year? Uh, yeah. I mean, that was kind of the discussion, the discussion we had, you know, when I was being recruited, um, and then um, I won the wrestle off that year. And then um, the couple guys in front of me, I think they were pretty dinged up. And they were actually, they were, I went to national duels with them and they were going to pull my, my red shirt at the national duels that year, but ended up uh, deciding not to at the last minute. So yeah. what do you think was that? I mean, obviously hindsight, like you still had a great career, but, um, you know, what, what do you think of that decision? I think in the long run, that was the best decision. Yeah. It didn't end up 
um, didn't end up affecting the team race that year. They ended up still winning it. Um, so looking at it that way, it worked out great. And then just for my development, um, continuing to get stronger was, I feel like was one of the bigger things that helped me was just getting you know, physically stronger. Um, and that, a lot of that happened over that year. Um, I knew I could wrestle. I knew I could compete with those guys, but the, the strength part of it did make a, a big difference. So I think waiting was the right decision. Yeah. How, how much success did you have in the practice room right away? You know, I took my lumps for sure. Um, but I, I never, uh, how do I say this? I never was okay with it. So, you know, <laughs> whether it be, you know, just stand in there fighting or, you know, you get taken down a hundred times, you just, you know, stand back up and try to go get another one or try to figure out how to get one. So um, they definitely took some, some whoopings early on, you know, I was fit right in the, the slot of, I wrestled everybody from shoot 133 all the way up to, you know, like 184. So I was wrestling the right out of like, shoot, I was wrestling the Dan Dennis's of the world. I was wrestling the Joey Slayton's. I was wrestling Metcalf. I was wrestling Montel Marion. I was wrestling Morningstar. I was wrestling Jay Rochelle, Phil Ketty. I mean, all the way up and down. I was, it was a grinder that first year. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. Did you ever lose any confidence or, um, you know, <clears throat> self-doubt any creep in where you were like, man, uh, I wouldn't say there's always a little self-doubt in there. You, you, especially when you're taking lumps, like that for sure. <laughs> but you know, I was, you know, it was like this my whole life It's like you said, you just, you, I don't know anything else outside of, you know, you get bucked off the horse, you jump right back on and you, and you just, you got to figure it out and mm-hmm. not being able to get better or whatever is not an option. Like there's always a way. So, um, I don't know if that's part of the motivation is nobody wants to get their ass kicked and especially in front of a bunch of people. So, um, it was always motivating to me as man, my, my end goal is to do that to them in front of a, a group of people, especially after they just did that to me. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then going into your retro freshman year, do you feel, do you feel ready? I was ready to go on to the, the next, the next thing. Um, kind of, like I said, maybe, I don't know if I got a little bored with it or just too cocky or whatever, let my guard down. Like I said, you know, dropped the ball a little bit there at the state tournament, but then had a really great summer. Um, and then was ready. I was very ready to go on to the next level. Mm-hmm. So, um, your redshirt sophomore year in college, you, you dealt with some injuries. Had you ever been injured before? Like, how'd you, how tough was that year? Uh, not like that. No. Um, that was probably one of the harder things I've ever had to, to do or go through. Um, I, uh, pretty much blew out my knee. Um, I think I tore just about everything, but my ACL, um, and that was shoot. That was maybe a couple of weeks before Christmas and um, the UNI duel. And then, and I, I had a long road back and I didn't really know what the heck was going on. There wasn't, 
great communication at the very beginning of it. The trainer's like, oh yeah, you're going to be good, whatever. So I didn't really know. I got doctors telling me that, well, shoot, you maybe, this is like almost like career ending. I'm like, well, what the hell's going on? Like, what the hell? Mm-hmm. So uh, eventually it kind of, you know, kind of came around. I was locked out in a, a straight leg brace for, I don't know, like over a month, maybe, maybe even six weeks. And then started one of the most painful things I ever had to do is start bending that dang thing again. <laughs> that is awful. But um got out of that, just started doing some rehab um, and then tried to come back probably way too early. Mm-hmm. I tried to wrestle in the Ohio state duel that year. Um, then right off the bat kid came out and uh, ankle picked me and that set me back another, I don't know how many weeks. And, you know, my, my dad was like hounding me about just, getting surgery and moving on to, you know, the next season. But I, I was too stubborn for that. So I was like, I'm going to try to figure this out. So, you know, time goes on. I, I didn't even hardly wrestle at all leading up to the big tens, just did a lot of like med ball training, just like lifting weights, doing a lot of ropes, just stuff like that. A lot of biking, um, and then, you know, wrestled, I don't know, a handful of times, two, three, four, before I went to the big tens, um, that year. And then I don't know how the hell I ended up winning it, but ended up winning the big tens and then ended up going, getting second at nationals that year. That's crazy. Yeah. Like, it was a, it was a crazy time. It was very, uh, hard time. Yeah. How, how'd you do, how'd you do that then? You know, how'd you have that success when all this was, you know, shaking up your world on the, in the background and here you are still winning a big 10 title and making the finals. I don't know. Maybe I, there's always a way, right. I, I, I don't believe in, you know, giving yourself excuses necessarily. Um, so I, I thought I could win it on one leg. I really did. And I don't know what delusional world I was living in, but I thought it was possible. And uh, obviously it, it somewhat was, but um, towards the end of the, definitely once I got through the big tens, you know, you see even in that next week and a half, two weeks, it, it, my knee, especially, it seemed like it like really turned a corner. I don't know if it was just mental or if it actually was physical, but something, you know, clicked, especially that, you know, the big tens, I wrestled really, really conservative. Like I didn't want anybody touching that dang thing if I didn't have to, and then got to the, to the nationals and really kind of opened up more, but really I had to learn, I had to learn how to wrestle a little bit different. You know, I wouldn't necessarily lead my, my bad knee forward, my right leg forward and really, really got good at hand fighting. It really got learned really good at learning how to hand fight and head position and all that stuff. And, um, didn't score a lot of points necessarily, but learned how to get the, the job done no matter what kind of thing. Yeah. So then, you know, you had to taste of the finals. Did that, 
once again motivate you even more to get back there and 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 win it all as a junior for sure um like you said nobody wants to get their ass kicked (laughs) that many eyeballs for sure uh not that i necessarily got my ass kicked but you know he kind of handled the whole match controlled the whole match and he's a great wrestler but um but yeah that was definitely fuel for the, the next year for sure is man you get a taste of that race platform up there and and i gotta get one gotta get one home kind of thing so yeah and you did like how how special was that how you know that entire year really i mean you were it seemed like once again you jumped on another level if you even thought that was possible you know here you are just yeah. Yeah. You know, motivation's a a crazy thing, but you know, it was my goal to to really start to open things back up. Um, you know, my my end goal is to get more bonus point wins, um, and to start to to try to separate myself more uh, for sure that year. Um, Obviously, when you got somebody standing across from you that's thinking the same thing, it's a, it's pretty tough to do. But you know that was the the thought process, and you know, and trying to maybe get smarter about training a little bit too, to where I didn't have any setbacks like I did that that year before, where mm-hmm. you, know, you miss you know three quarters of your season. Yeah. And so, you know, out of your friend group, you know, they, they're, they were really good. Nate Moore, Nick Moore, Dylan crew, um, the whole works, you know, there are probably some other guys we might be missing, but um, you were the one to capture the national title. Um, Is it sort of bittersweet looking that, you know, they put the time in and they wanted the same thing. And unfortunately, you know, fate had it differently for them. Yeah, you know, that is, it is bittersweet a little bit. Um, You know, some things, sometimes things just fall the way they fall and it's out of your control. There's, there's other factors that come into play, Um, especially once you start getting into your, your college years, for sure. Those things are even more prevalent, but, you know, those guys were always like my, I felt like my super fans, they, Boys, where they were cheering you, they were, you know, if they they weren't standing next to you down on the the bench or the the mat or whatever, they were in the stands hooting and hollering for you. So, um, you know, it's all. I think in the end, it's all. Everybody feels pretty good for the most part about where things lay. So, yeah. What about uh, going into your senior year? You know, were were you pretty set on that second national title? Yeah, yeah. You know, and that's the, the what a lot of people don't realize too is once you start making a name for yourself, you know, things guys wrestle you different. You know, and uh, you know, once I, I felt a change, especially once I. I was in the finals my sophomore year. Guys wrestle you different. They wrestle you with the purpose of keeping the match close to give themselves a chance to sneak one in on you, right? Hmm. So I felt like my senior year especially, I felt that to a whole nother level. Um, And, you know, whatever, right or wrong, whatever. But guys, 
competed a lot more stingy, a lot less like willing to throw it out there against you, which makes things harder. A lot. (laughs) Somebody doesn't want to shoot on you and you're always chasing them around and whatnot. But, um, obviously the, the end goal was always the same. Um, felt like I had a pretty good year, had some, you know, obviously some hiccups in there. There's, Drop some matches to some pretty good guys in there, um, but beat the all the guys that end up you know placing ahead of me at the nationals. Um, so yeah, just over time, end up kind of having a hiccup, and it's not when you want to have a hiccup, especially at the end of your career there. Um, but I'll switch you over here. But like you said, just the way it fell and was the, the end cap on it, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, I guess sometimes we also forget that, like you kind of said earlier, there's somebody uh, across the map from you that wants it just as bad as you. And, you know, when you win one, people just are like, all right, he's going to win another one, you know, but there's some damn good wrestlers all over the place. And Sometimes the tournament just doesn't fall your way. And I've always had a handful of coaches tell me that, you know, that you, you don't just get handed something. So just because you're a senior, you're a junior, doesn't mean that those things just happen because you're a year older, right? Mm-hmm. There's somebody younger that's crazy motivated that's coming to take your, take your spot or take you out. So, mm-hmm. There was for sure. <laughs> yeah. When, um, that probably wasn't the reason, but you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, can you still look back on your career fondly, you know, four-time All-American and um, a national champ to time final? Like, can you look back and, and be proud of what you accomplished? Yeah. I I'd say I'm definitely super proud. Um, um, maybe just a there's feelings that you you left something on the table for sure a little bit, but yes, yeah, super, super proud of what I did accomplish. I think that's just part of being a, a great competitor and high level competitor is man, you, it, it kind of turns your guts a little bit. Uh, you, you know, you, you left those things out there, but yes, like I said, super proud. And um, I don't think I would ever not be of, of those accomplishments. There's a lot of people out there that, strive to do that or would just love to have the chance to have the ability to do that, you know? So mm-hmm. you put things in perspective a little bit too. Yeah. Um, now just want to shift a little bit to your coaching career here quick. You know, did you always know you were wanting to be a coach? Um, no, actually I didn't want anything to do with coaching. Uh, I was right out of school. <laughs> um, I didn't really know what I wanted to do, but coaching wasn't, on my radar really. Um, but I got a f- couple phone calls. I think I got calls from like Virginia and maybe a couple other places, um, right out of, right after graduating. And then, uh, those were just for volunteer. I shouldn't say just, but those were for volunteer positions. Um, and then I got a call from North Dakota state, um, offering me, a actual, like a second assistant, position. And like I said, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I had no clear clue what direction I wanted to go. 
And I came to a point where I was in the middle of the summer and I was just like, you know what? I'm going to go up there. And I'm going to try it. I'm going to try it for one year. I'm going to see what I think, how I feel about it, and then go from there. And then things ended up working out pretty well. And was it almost 10 years later here? I am. <laughs> yeah. How long did you spend up in North Dakota State? I was there for one full year. Mm-hmm. Full year, yeah. And then, <clears throat> then where'd you go from there? So I left. So I was... I think I was July to July at North Dakota State. And then Dresser called me about the time right before the Fargo the high school tournament happened and offered me a, uh, a job, actually, myself. And I got the offer through Mike Zadick because Mike Zadick took a, was going to take a position out there and Mike kind of roundabout way asked me if I'd be interested in going out there with him if he took the job and I was all over it. You know, they were top. I think they'd been in the top 10 for like seven, eight years at that point. Maybe not quite that many, maybe six, seven, eight, but uh, thought that would have been a huge upgrade and um, ended up going to Virginia Tech. And I was there for two years. Um, before coming to Iowa State with Dresser. In yeah. 2017, I think we came. So, how, what was that like, you know, coming to Iowa State? You know, I'm sure that's probably one of the big questions is, you know, you wrestled at Iowa and now you're coaching at Iowa State, kind of pulling a reverse Dan Gable, you know? I mean, yeah, a little bit. Honestly, it's, I think it's great. I yeah. love it. Your names. Um, <clears throat> as far as the, Competing against Iowa, could care less. Um, you know, always appreciative of my years at Iowa, and got nothing against Iowa or the Hawkeyes, but they're the you know they're the person standing across the map from you now. So um, they're always competing at the highest level, and and you know top three, four in the country it seems like. So you know if we get to the point where we're beating them, we're going to have a pretty good thing going going here yeah it probably helps also to have another hawkeye brent metcalf on the staff too you know and former teammate you know yeah so you know brent and i were we can competed against each other in the practice room a lot so very probably like-minded and a lot of things um and then obviously we got dresser too he was national champ i was so there's three you know um came came through, you know, around about the same coaching philosophies, you know, uh, Dresser was under Gable, obviously. So we got a little bit different taste uh, through the brand years, but I would say probably a lot of that stuff is somewhat similar. Yeah. Do you, uh, do you still scrap? I do. Um, I try to keep it about twice a week now. Mm-hmm. Most, you know, so once, twice a week, um, I don't get too crazy with it now. I was still doing when I was at Virginia tech, I wrestled pretty much every day um, out there. And then once I came to Iowa state, I kind of started toning it back just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Got to keep that body <laughs> in good shape. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, What do you, what do you love most about being a coach then? Honestly, I, it's a, like another form of like competing it's like you know you're doing it through these 
these individuals. So, you know, it's kind of like, I wouldn't say cockfighting where you throw your, your rooster out there, you know, yeah. <laughs> send them out on the mat. So it's, I don't know. It's, it's exciting in that form, but mm-hmm. uh, honestly, just a lot of it's the relationships with these, you know, these kids, you, you bring them in when they're 17, 18 years old and you shoot, it feels like you're, you're helping them grow up. You're helping them become men per se. Right. So, you know, you know how it is when you're 17, 18 years old, most, I should say most of these kids are, you know, a little bit of hooligans and help help them find their way, you know, and end up, you know, doing hopefully well in wrestling, hopefully get themselves a a good degree to where they can go into the, the real world and become good, good peeps, good, good citizens, you know, successful business people, whatever, whatever their end end goal is, you know. Mm -hmm. How do you guys mesh as a staff? Um, Because Metcalf wrestled 49, you wrestled 57, you know, dressers right around your same weight. Like normally it seems like they try to spread out their coaching staffs to be like middleweight, lightweight, heavyweight sort of deal. But you guys are all kind of the same weight, you know? So like, how do you guys, you know, Uh, honestly how we do it is you know like you said that is pretty common see people just bring in heavyweight coaches just because you know they think they need they need to have a big body or a specific wrestling's wrestling to me um it's all the same whether you're you know heavyweight or you're 25 obviously there's some different variables in there but the a lot of the technique a lot of that stuff ends up being you know, tweaked throughout your, your whole lineup anyway. So um, a lot of how we do things is we just goes off of your personal relationships with these kids. So maybe, you know, I'll say Tate Noctomore. If I recruited Tate Noctomore over here or if, uh, Brent Metcalf recruited Manny Rojas or whoever in here and he's already got that prior relationship, it's just kind of an easy transition to, you know, working on a kid on a daily basis. So um, we kind of do that or, you know, if you just click with somebody, we kind of let the kids kind of gravitate to whoever. And that's kind of how we do things here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, pretty well. Yeah. They um, so here I go to the University of Nebraska and they have Terrell Delognev who's working around with these kids and um, some of them lighter weights. You know, Terrell's a bigger guy, but the lighter weights are like, man, he's taught me so much, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how was the fundraiser the other day? Oh, um, the, uh, the trestle bridge, I forget what they called it. Yeah. At the uh, flat tire. Yes. Yeah. How was that? It was great. Um, the guy, the owners down there, they're super, I would call them super fans and super supportive of what we got going on here, but no, it was, a. Uh, it was turned out great. I probably had, couple hundred people there and then you know there was uh all biker groups obviously they travel in there they stop in for a beer or whatever grab some food we had several huge groups of theirs uh, those stop in had like a jeep a jeep uh i don't even know what to call it like a jeep club like kind of event <laughs> club come in and they stopped in and they were asking questions and hanging out and uh we had a bags tournament um uh what else did we have going on we then we had some guys doing a, a poker run that 
there was just <laughs> back and forth to several of the bars down the down the trail with some of the um people that were involved in that so it was it was a great turnout it was it was pretty fun yeah um <laughs> what uh when when you're coaching or when you're recruiting i should say who's a coach that when you see him make makes your heart sink a little bit where you're like oh man this guy's coming or this guy's talking to this recruit jeez is there somebody that you just heard as nah. in other coaches recruiting yeah yeah that you just oh. seen dang it <laughs> that guy's talking to that recruit. Oh, I better step in here or something. You know, you know, sometimes it just, I don't know. It just, it's part of, I think being a competitor a little bit again, like <laughs> part of a, it's almost like a wrestling match getting these yeah. recruits. It feels like sometimes, but you know, you just kind of got to let things fall where they fall and it's got to be organic and the kids got to feel good about it. But you know, when I, I don't blame some kids, you know, if Penn state's calling you right now, man, it's probably hard to turn that down. They've been kicking ass for 10 years. I mean, yeah. I don't blame them a little bit, but that's, you know, that's on our, that's on us coaches, you know, the program here to turn that around and make us part of those, those conversations too. Right. But, mm-hmm. you know, we've been doing quite a bit better recruiting yeah. in the last couple of years, I feel like. So we've had some pretty good, good classes especially the last three three recruiting classes I felt like were really good yeah yeah and then you know this year you had the big flip with with Cody Chittum you know how what did what does that mean you know for somebody of that caliber to be like hey I'm coming to Iowa State you know it's that was just kind of a a weird scenario a little bit um obviously didn't like some things that were going on over there and can't blame him and you know, he knew he needed to find a new home. Um, but, you know, I, I think he was probably the number one overall recruit in his class. Um, you know, and then so he gets lumped into a a class almost that, you know, we were, I think we were number two in the country that year for that recruiting class. I think it's the group he'll be lumped in with. But, um, you know, that's that's huge, you know, it, it's on him to, you know, go compete and actually, you know, prove himself and and win. But um, just from the outside looking in, from a recruiting standpoint, that's pretty pretty big. Yeah, um, I, I looking into a little bit of your background there. Uh, I, I noticed you pin somebody in six seconds. How do you do that? How do you pin somebody in six seconds? I have no idea. Uh, I think we were at. at uh, or Dubuque Waller. And I think it's who we're wrestling, but I, I did also, I remember the whole thing is I slapped hands and I just grabbed the kid's arm and I hit a, like an outside carry and the kid just fell flat on his back and I somehow landed on top of him. And it was chest, chest <laughs> ref, just literally as soon as he touched his back, slapped the mat. But somehow one of the, there was a kid at a, from West High that ended up beating it somehow. I don't even know how. No kidding. I guess he I guess he got it in like five seconds. <laughs> it was like, wow, that's impressive. I don't even know how the hell I did it in six. <laughs> that is impressive. That is impressive. Um last thing here. So were you able to coach your brother Hunter? Did he come over at the same time? 
So Hunter was two years younger than me. Hunter wrestled at a BV and Southwest Minnesota State. Um, Skyler started out. Oh, that's at sorry. Iowa. Yeah, but Skyler started out at Iowa, and then when I got the job here, he transferred and he finished up his last two years, maybe three years, two two three years here. With. How cool was that? You know, it was it was great. Um, having him around and at that time where we're especially where the program was, we needed a, uh, a good example of just how to like come in practice, and, you know, how to make wrestling like your priority and, and actually showing that wrestling means a lot to you. So, you know, he was a great, uh, a great guy to have around to just guys see that and try to, you know, turn this, this thing around a little bit. Yeah, I mean, that'd be pretty cool to also, you know, see him wrestle and compete and be in his corner. Had you been in any of your brother's corners before? No, no, Skyler would have been the only one, um, you know, especially at this level. But mm-hmm. um, no, it was great. He he competed hard, had uh, quite a few injuries, just mishaps, you know. I think it just runs in the family of messing bad news, but yeah. Um, you know, end up getting a degree and is doing doing really well now. So, Good. Cool. yeah. What about you? What What was your degree in? Ah, uh, business. I did uh, like an entrepreneurial track. Is what I did in school. Gotcha. So, what you want to own your own business someday? Oh shoot! Running a wrestling program almost kind of <laughs> it feels like, you know, to a certain extent. But yeah. uh, obviously, I'm not the head guy, so. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you know, um, I guess uh, last thing I just remembered now, are, are you the best wrestler in your family? Or do you have a wife that might be better than you? A what? A, a wife. wife? Yeah, well, she's definitely got a lot more world medals. Than <laughs> I would say she probably is for sure. Yeah. Yeah, so um, Brent and I are always joking around when we go out golfing or something or mm-hmm. end up somewhere, you know, People are asking us random questions. Well, you know, she's got more world medals than we do, and it's kind of like the the joke. Yeah. So, what are what are a couple questions that you get that I don't know that maybe make you roll your eyes? I mean, you still answer them, and they're still professional, but you're like, oh, this one again. Um, I don't know if I can come up with anything specific. Well, I don't want some of the funny ones are, especially if you go out to like social settings or whatever, people yeah. are like, you try to get my wife and I to wrestle each other <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. Just random stuff like that. It always, it seems like it always pops up, especially yeah. in the drinking settings. So. <laughs> yeah. How, how's she doing? Is she still at Grandview? Uh, no, she's done with uh, Grandview. She was the GA there. Um, hmm. and she got her, uh, their master's in, uh, uh, educate, uh, what was it? A business or a education administration or something like that. And then, um, she actually took a job and she works at Casey's at corporate Casey's down in Des Moines. Oh, so she's doing well. Yeah. So she's the entrepreneur, maybe. I don't know. The corporate girly. I don't know. I never saw that for her. So she seems yeah. to really be into it. And yeah. Good. Good. Well, yeah. Best of luck to you. Yeah. You know, 
this year and have fun at Fargo. And uh, yeah, it's going to be one heck of a year this year. I, I know that season tickets are on sale for 99 bucks yep. um, for the home duels. And it's your season tickets. Yeah. 99 bucks and they got a good schedule. So, I mean, yeah, it should be an exciting year. We're, we're, I know we're super pumped up. We feel, we feel like this is our, our best lineup we put together, you know, since we've been here. So you know, yeah, things going on and hopefully it ends up that way too. Yeah. All right. Uh, sorry. Last question. I want to put your biases aside. Okay. What is better a clone cone or those ice cream cones at Carver Hawkeye? You know, I don't, I don't even know if I've had a clone cone. Really? Yeah. I don't, you know, I don't venture up there too much, but from what I've heard though, the clone cone kicks. What's really? Carver cone's ass. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. That's Carver cool. cone. Yeah. Really? <laughs> okay. I, I'll have to have a clone cone then. Um, Cause yeah, I've never had one. I've had obviously the Carver Carver cone or whatever, but. All I know is Metcalf's kids love them. Really? <laughs> They come down and those things are about as tall as they are. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Let's Talk Wrestling podcast. Special thanks to my guest, Derek St. John, for taking the time to sit down and chat with me. Cover art created and designed by Kristen Gill. Please feel free to rate, comment, and subscribe to this podcast. You can also check me out on Twitter, Instagram, and my brand new Facebook page to hear more of my content. And don't forget to check out my website at letstalkwrestlingpodcast.my.canva.site. And as always, be sure to tune in to hear the next guest of the Let's Talk Wrestling podcast as we continue our assistant coaches week. Take care. We'll see you next time. Let's talk.